0: In Europe, winter is fast approaching. And in what's been one of the most volatile years for energy markets, analysts worry that a sudden drop in temperatures could mean more mayhem ahead, something that consumers and nations may not be able to keep up with. This is not about
1: uh, uh, White Christmas. It's not about Armageddon happening in December. We cannot say that, and nobody can realistically say that. For me, this is about you know, can, can we just uh, relax because uh, we had a very warm summer and, and, and so winter will be mild? And if you want, the, the answer at this stage is no, we cannot relax.
0: This year, oil and natural gas prices have risen nearly 50%, which has, in turn, greatly contributed to rising global inflation. In Europe, the problem is more serious than in other parts of the world, as the bloc significantly relies on Russia for its energy needs. This month, a leak at two subsea pipelines that connect Russia to Germany has made things worse, with Europe now suspecting the incident as being the result of an attack.
1: We are uh, vulnerable uh, when it comes to uh, our infrastructure, not only uh, diesel and electricity. We also saw it uh, with the trains in in Germany, so we are definitely vulnerable. But when it comes to Nord Stream, I think number one lesson is we should not be dependent on fossil fuels from countries. We don't want to be dependent on Russia, but there are also other countries. We need to speed up the green transition. We need to produce our energy to a larger extent within the European Union.
0: Unless action is taken quickly, analysts fear all of this will result in GDP drops, if not in deep recession, but in short periods for some countries according to our studies if we completely stop importing natural gas from Russia, Italy's GDP will dive 7%. Italy's manufacturing industry relies on energy and it is Italy's most important industry where still our manufacturing industry is mainly targeted at export. Now we haven't found any alternative for energy supply. Up until now the EU has approved eight rounds of sanctions on Russia including a price cap on Russian oil. But for now, gloom remains on the horizon. Sanctions are not having the desired impact, as in the first nine months of the year, Russia's goods and services trade surplus, instead of shrinking, hit a record of $238 billion. And the price cap could see Russia finding alternative buyers and could only end up backfiring for Europe. Paulo Montesilio, TRT World.
2: For more on this now, let's go to Noah Brenner. He's an executive editor at Energy Intelligence in London. Many thanks for being with us today. Uh, Noah, Belgium's Prime Minister, Alexander the Crew, pointed out that as a consequence of the current energy crisis, we are risking a massive deindustrialization of the European continent. I mean, do you share uh, this view, and do you see the risk of permanent loss of industrial capacity?
1: sure i mean i think his point is is very important and one that's probably not received as much attention as as it deserves i mean we've been very focused on the consumer side of things and how our citizens going to pay for their energy but i mean any industry that requires a lot of energy inputs whether it's you know cement steel fertilizers chemicals uh ceramics glass any of these these major industries that need energy are paying much much higher prices and that undercuts their competitiveness on the global landscape. And it also just simply makes it more difficult for them to, to, to operate.
2: Interesting. And uh, no, we're going to speak about the sectors in a while as well. But uh, we know that hydropower capacity has been compromised by some drought. And uh, French nuclear is still facing major issues. Uh, what's your current assessment for alternatives to gas in Europe?
1: Sure. I mean, we have seen a little bit of good news there. We have seen some, some additional uh, rains in Norway that have augmented hydropower capacity. We have seen a little bit of French nuclear capacity come back online. And there are hopes that more French nuclear capacity can come back online. Uh, we've seen good wind power generation. Um, but I mean, the the energy crisis that, that Europe is facing right now is, you know, there's a Big component of that is the lack of, of natural gas from Russia, but it's also been underperformance by these other um, other sources of energy um, that were thought to be a bit more stable. So, I mean, these are real concerns looking broadly across the energy landscape.
2: Right. You yeah, have talked a little bit about uh, some of the sectors that are more exposed to, to this, but what sort of knock-on effect can we also expect on other sectors as a consequence?
1: Well, I mean, I think the the supply chain issues that are being talked about globally and are are being felt, you know particularly acutely in Europe and in uh, here in the UK where i'm I'm based. Um, you know, those are those are manifestations of these problems that we're having in the energy system. You know, when a, a steel producer or fertilizer producer say shuts down, Uh, Their production in Europe, uh, maybe they move that capacity abroad, but then you need to think about how long it takes to get those products that maybe are used here in a large market back over, um, and how long that that takes and the additional costs that that takes. And so any time that you have these key base industries that are struggling to, to maintain their productivity, those types of impacts are going to be felt very, very broadly across the economy. And as i think you pointed out in an earlier segment uh you know the worries about recession and the overall economic impact uh that results from from these problems
2: right interesting and what's your view on the price caps on on russian oil the disagreement uh, as well about the caps among european countries what's your take on that
1: sure so i mean we've seen uh progress toward the price cap on russian oil uh that's being led by the us and the g7 you know whether or not it has, whether or not all countries sign up to it. Um, you know I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the ultimate impacts are. You know I've heard very good arguments that uh, that you know it will result in lowering prices for for Russian oil, but the people that we talk to in the industry also say you know they, it's hard to wrap your head around how capping the price of of a commodity that's globally traded and very in demand would actually work. Now, on the natural gas side of things, we have seen you know, a little bit of progress in the EU talks overnight. Germany has softened its stance, um, which was was against uh, capping the price of natural gas here in Europe. There are a couple of different uh, different proposals that are on the table, but I think there are still quite a bit of hard negotiation before we see the EU uh, kind of align uh, on, on the best approach. I mean, broadly, you know, what one diplomat told me is, is look, you know, a gas price cap is, is what voters are going to understand. It's what they're going to be able to see in their, their electricity bills. So we need to do something like that. But there are real concerns about the unintended consequences of intervening in these, these complex gas markets.
2: Interesting. Absolutely. Analysts uh, do talk about uh, the fact that uh, these caps might only backfire for Europe. Noah Brenner, many thanks for your analysis.